Good morning. It's good to see each of you here. There's a couple of announcements I need to make. Next week is Mother's Day, and we always take up an Epworth offering on Mother's Day, and we've been told that we're real close to going over a level that will put us in the top church group in our district and conference. So if you would be willing to give an extra dollar or two to the Epworth offering, we might go over the top. Also next, uh, this coming Wednesday, supper at six, meal and talent show. We're looking forward to that. I hope you'll come. This is the last one before the summer. Coming up, Relay for Life, Friday on 516. And then after you've walked around in support of that, then Saturday morning you can come and have good old barbecue. The United Methodist men are doing their barbecue uh, a thing. That's the following morning on Saturday at 11 o'clock. That's Friday 516 for Relay for Life and Saturday 517 for the barbecue. And then finally, the Holy Land trip preview presentation will be done on May the 25th. There's some free preview tapes somewhere. I saw some at the early service. And just a reminder that if you are planning to go, it's important to register early. We have about half the slots have been taught, told us that they're real interested. So just for you to know that. And one other thing, one other change is that if you want to help with the million book effort, uh, we will take gently used books, and let me tell you what that means. That means they can't have any writing in them. You can't have a child's name or anything in them. And they need to look like new. And we will take those, okay, to help with that million book effort that's being done around the conference uh, to, uh, for the school, local schools, elementary schools. All right. Let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Eternal God, you raised from the dead our Lord Jesus, and by your Holy Spirit brought to life your church. Breathe upon us again with your Spirit, and give new life to your people. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
may be seated. Let our children come forth at this time. scary movies no how about ghosts you like scary movies how about ghost stories no too scary okay you know when I was about your age <clears throat> I lived right over here a couple of blocks away on Pine Street and the high school Greer High School used to be where the Bonds um, Career Center is now and um, like I said, when I was about your age, I would ride my bicycle over there to watch the football teams and baseball teams practice. And then sometimes I'd meet some of my friends over there and we would play on those practice fields. Well, the shortest way to get from my house to the practice fields was through City View Cemetery. <clears throat> so I used to ride my bicycle through the cemetery. Well, wasn't a big deal during the day, but sometimes if I was late and it was dark and I would ride through there, um, it could be very scary. And even at uh, 10 or 12 years old, I can guarantee you that I could have beat Lance Armstrong <laughs> through that cemetery. <laughs> Why do you think it is that, um, that it was scary for me to ride through the cemetery? So sometimes you might think there's a ghost there. So sometimes it's because we're frightened of the spirits. A, spi a ghost is a spirit, right? Of a spirit of the dead. Well, did you know that the Bible has all kinds of stories in it, but it also has some ghost stories in there. Um, two weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. And what do we celebrate at Easter? Jesus rose from the dead, okay? So, um, on the first day of the week after the crucifixion, well, the disciples were all locked in a, 11 of the disciples were all locked in a room and they were hiding and the reason they were hiding is they were afraid they might be arrested as well. And so they were hiding there in that uh, room and all of a sudden Jesus appeared to them just out of nowhere. He didn't come in through the door. The door was locked. He just appeared to them. Um, Luke tells us that Jesus himself stood among them and they were startled and frightened thinking that they had seen a ghost. So that's a ghost story right there. John tells us uh, that when he appeared to them, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Well, today's sermon is going to be about another time that Jesus appeared to two of the disciples as they were walking along a road to a little village called Emmaus. Um, and at first, Jesus came up to them and they didn't recognize him. But later on in their trip, when they were eating 
and Jesus broke bread and gave it to them, they then recognized him. But just as soon as he did that, as soon as they recognized him, he disappeared. But the important thing in both of these stories is that Jesus, not that Jesus magically appeared or disappeared. Luke tells us that after he disappeared, that the, those same two men um, asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked to us? What do you think that burning was in their hearts? It was the Holy Spirit. Um, our own founder of the United Methodist Church, John Wesley, tells us that when he first realized that we were saved or that he was saved by grace and grace alone, that his heart was strangely warmed and that he felt a peace within. So his heart was strangely warmed just like those two disciples 2,000 years before that had this burning in their heart. Now, do we need to be afraid of the Holy Ghost? No, even though we may be afraid of ghost stories, we're not afraid of the Holy Ghost. There's only one person that's afraid of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody know who that is? That's Satan. He's afraid of the Holy Ghost. Well, what I want you to remember today is that you can also feel that warmth and that peace in your heart when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, after I pray, I'm going to give uh, each one of you a book about the last days of Jesus. And it's written for children ages uh, 8 to 15, and it's illustrated, and I think you'll enjoy it. And it looks like I may have enough to give one to the million book drive, and maybe we can put one in the library as well. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you for the miracle of Jesus' resurrection and the Holy Spirit we feel now in this place of worship. Amen. verses 12 through 15. What shall I render to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am thy servant, I am thy servant, the son of thy handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Let us bow our heads for prayer. <coughs> oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. Oh God, you are a rescuing God. You rescued us from death. And you redeemed us through the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. And so we come this day offering our praise and our thanksgiving. But we must confess, O oh Lord, despite all your goodness to us, throughout the generations, we still persist in going our own way. We exile ourselves from your presence by our willful sin. And yet, you do not cast us away. O oh God, in that judgment, we cannot stand on our own. So we pray you'd be merciful again to us and not look on our sin, but on the grace poured out for us by Jesus and forgive us this day. Just as the risen Christ opened the eyes of those on the road to Emmaus, so open our eyes by the power of your Holy Spirit that we might see our salvation 
And just as Jesus broke bread and abiding fellowship, so now, God, bless our coming together and worshiping you and bless our fellowship with one another. And especially this day, we also lift up to you all those who are suffering. Empower us to bring to them the assurance of your goodwill and that they may bear with strength that which lies before them. Enable their bodies to rest in hope as we lift up all those on our prayer list and those in our hearts that we name before you now. Oh God, we seek to dwell in peace and with great joy in the resurrection. So bless and receive our petitions that they may be fulfilled. For we pray in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is part of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
Please be seated. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had occurred. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And Jesus asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem that does not know the things that's happened? these last days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women have amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going further. But they urged him, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. And so he stayed with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? So they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. And there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened to them on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we're in awe of this story because it reminds us uh, how you come to us. Uh, 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 as we travel around, that you come to us and how you come to us in the communion elements and the study of scriptures. And we pray, O oh Lord, you're with us today and that that same spirit will help us and guide us. We pray in your name. Amen. You know, it's important for you to grasp right off the bat that this is not, this is not one of the original disciples. These two are not part of the original disciples. 
But it is another sighting of the risen Lord before he ascends to heaven. And his presence is revealed to them in the studying of the scriptures and the breaking of the bread. Even though they were blinded at first, it was revealed to them through worship. And it seems to me what the overriding lesson is today is that for us to make it through the journey of life, for us to make it on the, on the byways and highways of life, we must slow down and get off the road and share in worship if we are to recognize and enjoy the presence of Christ in our life. You are traveling too fast if you don't have time to do that. If you neglect these things, you may miss the gentle persuasion of the Holy Spirit in your life. In this instance, the presence of the Christ is revealed to them and instills faith in them through these what we call worship practices. It seems to me like one of the issues in our time is that in many ways uh, we have conformed uh, to the wisdom or values of the world. In other words, we've longed after culture to be culturally accepted and we've lost much of the power in the presence of the risen Christ. There's a story told that when Thomas Aquinas, who was one of the early church fathers, visited Rome, and he was shown the, the papal palace, and it is said that the Pope remarked to him, Thomas, the church in our day cannot say, silver and gold have I none. And Aquinas is supposed to have replied, no, but neither can she say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You see, when the church conforms to the values of the world, she loses spiritual power and piety. And so it is with the people of God that make up the church. Now part of the problem is that we don't get off the road, is we don't take time to study the scriptures. We don't take time to partake in the Holy Communion. But we need to be reminded that these are means of grace, as John Wesley said. These are ways that we can enter into the presence of Christ. And we must anticipate with joy these opportunities to participate. You see, to worship the Lord means to see the Lord in a special way, to recognize the Lord's presence uh, in many different situations and especially as an object of our hearts. And thus when we recognize and joyfully celebrate in worship and communion, we are participating in a fact, a fact that's in the communion liturgy which says Jesus, Jesus has died, but Jesus is risen and Jesus will come again. You know, the early church was very powerful. The early church, even though it was, it was persecuted and it was considered uh, uh, not to be official, so to speak, they came together almost daily. And there was a pattern for their worship. Oftentimes people ask me, why does is worship have a pattern that it does? If you go to Acts so chapter 2, 42, you will see this pattern of worship. And in this pattern of worship, 
it says that the Lord increased daily their number. And basically the pattern is that there was prayer and singing and scripture reading. And it was to break in the bread together. You see, they wanted, they knew of this story. It had been handed down to them. And they wanted to make sure that they were not going to miss a chance that the Lord might appear to them as they broke the bread. Part of our problem, I think, in the Protestant church is that we don't realize our own history as Christians. For nearly 1,500 years, communion was part of worship. Every time the, the believers gathered they, to worship, they had communion. But after the Reformation, to be different, as Protestants kind of emphasized preaching and kind of threw out communion, and the Catholics kind of threw out the preaching and emphasized communion. But it's only been in the last few years that the Catholic Church has begun to reclaim the importance of sermons and worship. And it's only in the last few years that Protestant churches have begun to reclaim the importance of communion and worship. Thus, the fact that we have communion now, an opportunity to take communion at least once a month. And contrary to what many in our own faith believe, John Wesley was very strict about communion observance. And he recommended daily communion. And if the believers couldn't have daily communion, they should at least have weekly communion. And it was only because of the shortage of ordained ministers to administer the sacrament of communion in the original 13 states, the colonies, that communion became neglected. The, the circuit riders could not get around, but quarterly. And that's how come we ended up with quarterly communion. But today, most of the Protestant churches, and in our denomination particularly, uh, we have sought to try to bring back uh, more frequent communion practices. Because we know that the New Testament church was powerful. It was powerful in its witness. It was powerful in its influence. And we believe that for us to return to the way the New Testament church operated is important. After all, they're the ones that caused the faith to be transmitted, if you will, all these years so that you're here. So we've become to understand that all of worship as described in Acts 2 is important. Not just preaching, not just singing, not just prayers, but all of worship, which includes communion practices with our Lord. It seems to me like that if we really want to get off the road of life, we have to stop long enough to break bread with our Lord. When we stop and break bread, it takes a little longer. It's a little more involved, but it is so meaningful. I don't know about you, but I have never found a long-time friendship that did not include dining together. All long-time friendships involve dining together. And so it is with our Lord. He wants to dine with us. He wants to have our hearts burning with anticipation. He wants our eyes and ears and spirits to be open to His gentle persuasion. And it seems to me like one of the ways that we can do uh, something about this is to get off the road and practice more worship. I hope that going forward in this coming year, that uh, this coming annual conference year, that we can find ways 
of doing that. And for those who've told me through the years that, well, more frequent communion would become routine, I would just say to them this, this question, what could ever be routine about an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't know about you, but I feel like those travelers. I can't get enough of Jesus. I want to experience Jesus in every moment of my life. But unfortunately, I have bought into the culture just like you have, and I spent a great deal of time and effort doing everything but worship. It's important for us to remember that whether we are faithful or unfaithful, God is ever-present. Just like the rains fall upon good and evil alike, blessings come from recognizing God's presence with us. Blessings come from understanding that 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 recognition of God shapes and guides our life. Friends, God is made particularly known, I believe, in our worship practices, in the interpretation of the scriptures, in the music, in the prayers, and in the breaking of the bread. Recently, I, I read a, a blog post by one of our members and in it, he talked about the fact that so many times people come to church wanting to be entertained instead of coming to church to worship. To worship uh, means to work. You have to work at worship. You have to participate at worship. You just can't be a passive observer. You have to sing when the song, with the songs. You have to pray with the prayers. You have to listen to the words. And you have to come and bring your spirit open and ready and willing to experience God's spirit. And as I said, John Wesley called these means of grace, which are God coming to us on God's terms. And after 2,000 years, we, we can rest in knowing this blessed assurance that the God of Emmaus is still among us and stays with us even when we're on the road and may, may reveal to us his presence if we stop and enter into a seeking of his presence. And whether our days are many in front of us or maybe they're almost over, maybe our evenings fast approach, it doesn't really matter because the God of Emmaus, who is now the risen Christ, continues to pursue us, continues to appear to us, continues to walk beside of us and to teach us. If we recognize his presence in things like the breaking of the bread and the reading of the scriptures, we are that much more blessed. The God of Emmaus is the risen Christ. And I pray that you will think about your week and your daily activities. And you'll think about finding some time to get off the road. Find some time to be in communion with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because these means that are available to us are gathered up, of course, in worship practices. 
But you can also worship. You can worship in a time of meditation, a time of prayer, a time of scripture reading and singing. And you can do that. You can do that in your car when you're driving along. You can do that at home. You can do that outside. But your connection to the body of Christ is found in worship, the community at worship. And so whatever you do on your own is great and is important and will make you ready to receive Christ's presence when you come and be part of worship. I pray this day that you will avail yourselves uh, this week and every week of all the means the Lord has given you to experience His presence. I pray that you will live each day in an expectant hope that the risen Christ will call you, will call you to be in His presence. I pray that you will see and understand how our worship practices are part of that attempt to carve out in the middle of a secular society a sacred space. And I pray that you, that's your desire of your heart is to carve out a sacred space. And within that sacred space that you experience and see and feel the risen Christ Jesus. I could go on and on, but I believe that my voice is starting to fail me from the pollen, and I am going to call it quits for the day. And since you've been such an attentive group, you're going to get out early. How about that? Let us sing our last hymn.
come off the road. And when you do, you receive the blessings of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Almighty and Eternal Triune God, one God, now and forever. Amen.